What's up, everybody? I'm Ant, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host. Introduce yourself, sir. My name's Christian. Um, we're going to talk about 2000 SummerSlam. Very excited. Really good match card, so let's get it. Episode number six for uh, the Dragon Christian here. Yes, sir. Uh, very glad to have you. So, yes, this is our top 20 pro wrestling pay-per-view countdown special i guess you want to call it that and uh, we're at number 19 christian said it wwf SummerSlam 2000 pay-per-view was filled with a lot of uh moments and these are the glory days of the attitude era right before the ruthless aggression era kicks off and uh we're gonna throw some facts at you we're gonna be covering the matches and just giving our thoughts on everything we saw for me i was six when this came out this pay-per-view so i'll give like my thoughts like when i was watching it also like now because as an adult i have a completely different thought process right. on it from when i was little uh this came out two years before i was born but uh a lot of these wrestlers you know i was it was only two years before i was born so obviously a lot of these wrestlers i grew up watching also so um I'm excited for this because uh, this match card is, I think, was freaking sick. It was very sick. Um, they're live in Riley, North Carolina, which is Flair Country. So, uh, I was surprised I didn't see a lot more WCW shirts. Although, at this point, WCW wasn't doing so well, so I can understand. Right. Why. Benoit was in WWE with Guerrero, so they kind of just lost. Yep, two stars right there. Malenko. Yeah, Malenko, all these people. Fun fact for you, Christian, the raw after this episode, well, this pay-per-view, um, beat Nitro in the ratings, and it was a big deal because this the raw after this episode of SummerSlam was preempted by like the US Open and didn't start until like eleven o'clock at night. Oh shit. And the fact that like a show coming on so late would be the show starting at 8 p.m. Just, just oh, shows shit. you where I didn't know that thought was. Yeah, so WCW is not doing very good, and this pay-per-view might have helped kind of spurs people's interest into Raw the next night. This is a very good pay-per-view. It was a very good pay-per-view, um, and we get a very cool opera opening of the show. It's sort of like old school. There's like opera singing in the background they have these like acting masks on their face i guess you would call it um and they're just sort of going over this whole entire soap opera this angle of stephanie mcmahon helmsley triple h kurt angle stephanie like is she friends with kurt is she does she have feelings for kurt you know, is Triple H going to kill Kurt? Rock is a champion. Is it going to be two against one? There's just been so much going on before SummerSlam. So I thought that was a very good opening for the show because it was a soap opera. I mean, these storylines that were happening were things that you didn't see often um, in WWE. And if you did, it wasn't with the boss's daughter. And another fun fact for everybody, I will get the guy's name. But um, the the I guess did he is head of creative. Um, he made like storyboards 
it was all about like continuity with like storylines and stuff. And right after this pay per view, Stephanie took over as head of creative. So you could kind of see where like in early two thousand, like the storylines were just insane. And then you kind of see where things kind of like start to get a bit more. You head know, I mean, I'm not hating two thousand. Oh no, Bishop Bischoff was in WCW. Yeah, this guy's name was um. Let me look. I thought it was Bischoff, but he, yeah. he was in WCW at the time. This guy was. I'll tell you. Hang on. His name was. Hang on. I'm looking it up right now. Okay, this guy's name was Chris Kresge. Okay. And he was hired by WWE after Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara left for WCW in October '99. So for the next year, this guy had. TV writing, it was a driving force behind the product. Thanks okay. on storyboards, details, and continuity. Yeah. So then he was replaced as head writer by Stephanie around the time the angle with Stephanie and Kurt ended. Um, so yeah, so he was sort of formidable in those in the year 2000 for all those storylines. So interesting, fun stuff. But let's move on to our opening match of the night. We have the right to censor taking on Rikishi and Too Cool with the hose. And and fun we've just filled a fun fact today, Christian. Um the right I have to some censor. Fun facts if you don't say oh wait, never mind. We we're talking about the first match, not the paper. Okay, yes. Sorry. Brother, jump on in whenever you want. I'm ready sorry, to hear. Sorry. Um, no, go ahead, go ahead. So right to censor, from what I heard, was a sort of play on the fact that TNN, these TV networks were saying that WWE was becoming a bit more um, raunchy, edgier, and it was a kind of like a, you know, sort of laugh at the sort of censorship that was happening on TV at the time. And so the right to censor was made up of Steve Richards, Val Venus, the Good Father, and Bill Buchanan. Ivory would join later on. Uh, but as of right now, it's just those four guys. And uh, the storyline leading up this match is that um, the good father or the godfather lost the match, so he had to join the right to censor. He turned on his hose and became the good father. And one of the hose actually got put through a table, which ended up being Victoria, fun fact. And uh, yeah, so this is how this match can be. Rikishi and Tukor are just defending the hose and. <laughs> So are just defending their own weirdness, defending the hose, which we all do sometimes, right? I mean, who Absolutely. doesn't love a um, So just quick notes in this match. There wasn't a lot of action here. Uh, Sky too high, he nails a flying cross body and gets a two count. One moment that I thought was pretty intense was when you see the good father like push the shit out of a hoe outside of the ring. Uh, Grandmaster Sexy nails a superplex. To Steven Richards, uh, Rikishi nails a Samoan drop on Goodfather, and the end ha- the end comes after Sky Duhati goes for a worm, but Steven Richards super kicks him and gets the three count. So not a lot to really talk about here. But what were your thoughts on the right to censor? Do you think they're a good faction, and what did you think of the match? Um, yeah, I thought they were a good faction. You know this. Giving them the win here was, you know, very, very huge for them. Um, I thought the fans were very into the match. Uh, you know, Rikishi's just very, very entertaining. 
Uh, so I it, it was just a very good way to start the pay per view. Like like uh, like you said, there wasn't really too much to talk about. Um, Scotty Too Hotty, he he's he's incredible, you know, with the worm. Um, but then gets super kicked sadly. <laughs> yeah. But you know, Rikishi gets tagged in and just absolutely destroys all three members. Um. So you know, uh, Rikishi and they had the momentum going on in the match. Uh, they just they just couldn't get the win. Like I said, it was it was a good win for the heels to get it too. So a good good way to start the pay per view. A uh, good way to get the fans into you know the rest of the show. But nothing too much to talk about. Just a uh, you know a random good opening uh, six man tag match. Right to censor sucks, man. How dare they come out and ruin a bra and panties match and try to cover up Trish? Those dastardly fucks. Those fucking bastards. Well, let's move on to two bastards. The Road Dog taking on X Pac. Two friends going at it. Um, it just seems like the two of these guys were on the same page leading up to this match. And we're just gonna find out which friend is better. I didn't take a lot of notes on this one. Um the end comes after X-Pac nails a low blow and an X-Factor to the road dog. Um, afterwards, X-Pac says that the better man won. You know, let's forget everything and be a team again. Everything's fine. However, the road dog ends up nailing a pump handle slam. And this is the end of DX for at least six years. So what do you think of uh, these two friends going at it? Not a lot again to cover here, but what do you think? You know, it was a quick match with a dumb finish. Uh, crowd chanting X Pac sucks. Uh, I think uh, you know, Road Dog had had the favor going into this match. Um, you know, they're both wearing DX gear, so maybe this is you know their their goodbyes to DX. Uh, in this match, um, you know, it was good because you know they respect the hell out of each other. They're best friends. Um, I think the ref not so when uh, X Pac hit the low blow. I thought the ref sold it terrible because he saw he went he saw it and it was like, oh so the ref selling that low blow was really really awful, um, but you know after the match you know, X Pac cutting a promo saying you know I hope we're good, uh you know so they shake on it you know Road Dog gets his revenge, so again not a lot to cover here just a good match between two best friends and. Uh, it, the match could have been, or the finish could have been better, and it could have been a little longer. But uh, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of X Pac, so I'm happy he got the win here. Me too. I didn't really, as a kid, respect. I mean, I liked X Pac, obviously, but like, you know, I was more about the suck it taunt than about like his wrestling. Right. But as an adult, looking back at stuff as the one, two, three, and he's still doing a lot for WWE now. Yep, I mean, he and he did a lot of people are talking about his match that he had this past year, I think. Who did he fight? He fought somebody on, like, an independent show. And it might have been Jay Lethal, maybe. And a lot of people were uh, hyping that one up. So he's doing pretty good for himself. Still, X-Pac. Road Dog, you know, I saw last time I saw him was on the any biography about DX. And he looked okay, but yeah, you know. It's sad. Or no, we did see Road Dog. He was at the um last time we saw them all together was at the uh DX reunion thing. Right. Yep. That was depressing, man. Never. I did. know, man. I when the I mean, I didn't obviously like cheer, but Trip Witch like who's been watching us for like twenty years and like I'm twenty. 
<laughs> so it's like, damn, I've been DX has been a, a thing since literally my whole life. What's sad for me is they're like, we're never gonna like, we're not gonna have another reunion again. The they're not going to. Yeah, the sad thing for me was like, I only got to experience DX in like 2009, like when Oh, they had I their feud with Legacy, you know, Big Show and Chris Jericho. When they were, you know, doing their tag team title run, I was fortunate enough to see them do an entrance live with them throwing the glow sticks with the tank and everything at a Monday Night Raw. But, uh, man, I wish I got to experience, you know, the Attitude Era DX, you know, the suck, you know, the with the X, with Xbox, Road Dog, Billy Gunn. I wish I got to experience that DX, but, you know, it, it, it was it was still good in 2009 with just Michaels and Triple H, but DX was, DX is shit, man. They were, and like I think I Yeah, didn't I say this. They are. I didn't say this earlier, but like something that I want listeners to know was that at this point in time, it was so mainstream. Like you could turn on MTV and yeah, and see and they The were Rock saying or suck China, it, suck right? it, Stone Cold. Mo so like everybody, this wasn't like it is now, where it's kind of like, oh, you're a wrestling fan. Like WWE New York was in Times Square. Like it was a big deal so Absolutely. you know even some of these matches that like you know we look at x-pac and road dog they had a big following they had a lot of fans it was a big deal every wrestler kind of had a spot to fill but let's move on quick before we take our first break our next match is uh an intergender match for the intercontinental championship Stupid, lazy booking. Whoever wins this becomes the Intercontinental Champion, and the champion at this point in time is Val Venus with Trish Stratus taking on Latino Heat Eddie Guerrero and the ninth wonder of the world, China. The whole issue here is basically China and Trish don't get along, uh, and Trish has just been like smashing a bouquet of flowers over China's head. China hasn't been able to get the advantage on Trish. And this match is just going to be Trish hiding from China until the end. Just some quick notes. China clotheslines Val. Um, and China and Eddie nail a double face buster to, to Val. Val nails a vertical suplex to China and gets a two. Um, Eddie nails a springboard to Carolina and gets a two count. Trish kicks Eddie Guerrero's midsection. However, China is able to press slam Trish and get the pinfall. So China is your new WWE Intercontinental Champion for a second time at this point. She won the title back October 99. So this match sort of leads up to the breakup of Eddie and China being together after, you know, Mama Sita and that whole entire storyline for those summer months. What do you think? You said lazy booking. What are your thoughts? So my thoughts on this match is I just want to start before I talk about the match about the Intercontinental Championship changed hands 11 times in the year 2000. That's probably, think about it, 11 times in the year 2000. That's once a month. That's crazy. Well, there's 12 months in a year, but besides one month. So, you know, that, that, that that's a lot. And, you know, Guerrero took the title right after. It probably, I think, eight days after this this match even happened so they just changed it right away anyway so but i thought the match you know it the crowd was barely interested again uh not again but you know the crowd the crowd just wasn't interested through half the match china as good as she was she can't sell for shit you know i've heard other people on podcasts like jericho and say how from their experiences from working with china she she just can't sell it and it showed right here 
it, it really did, you know. And uh, I feel like with Trish Stratus, she didn't really do much. Um, this was really the beginning of her wrestling career. She was more as a, like a manager, you know, behind the scenes type of thing back then. So maybe this was just an experience match for her because like i said th this match was lazy booking this match was stupid um i never liked the idea of them doing you know you know mixed gender matches with a, a title a men's title or a women's title on the line like i i personally think it's it's ridiculous um because trish stratus lost the match for technically lost the match for her team her team so that's not really fair to val venus um but yeah, so I like I the match wasn't anything special. Um, it it was okay. They 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 I didn't think it it, it would have been fine if this match wasn't on the card. Uh, this was probably the worst match of the night. But um, it was just interesting to see how many times they would change the Intercontinental Championship back then. I feel like they did this so they could set up the Eddie and China thing, and the Eddie just took it. Mm. So yeah, it, it, match, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Decent match, just lazy book. I agree. It literally was just you, so China could get her hands on Trish, and so Eddie and China can have their little split. So, speaking of a split, we're going to split really quick and come right back. And when we come back, we're going to be covering Taz versus Jerry Lawler, Shane Steve Blackman, TLC, Triple Threat Main Event, a lot coming at you. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with SummerSlam 2000. Welcome back, folks. I'm still Ant. That's still Christian, right? I'm still Christian. He's still Christian. He says it so happily, too. Life is going good. It is. It is. You know, we got some pay-per-views, Ring of Honor, Final Battle, NXT. What is it? Dead I haven't heard line? any updates. I get the Bleacher Report updates. I Mm, good that's a good thing no updates sir don't no spoilers keep that shit i'm excited um no spoilers yeah so we have that we got nxt deadline coming up and while we take our break uh well now that we came back from our break let me just go over some scheduling things with everybody here we have two specials coming up our, I think it's our third, our third annual Christmas special coming to you live on December 24th, Christmas Eve. It's going to be dropping at 6 p.m. because, you know, everybody has to go to sleep early because Santa's coming. And, uh, you know, we want to make sure that we're in bed so we get our presents. What did you ask for, Christian, for Christmas this year? Did you ask for anything? Um... Just the WWE title. And uh, oh, I went to the mall yesterday with a buddy of mine and Santa. It was a huge line for Santa, and I screamed, uh, please let the Pittsburgh Steelers make it to the playoffs. That is the only two things I want. A Steelers playoff run and a WWE title belt. Well, Santa, if you're listening, Christian's been on the nice list all year. Sorry. Don't just ruin. Got, just got an update. Don't ruin nothing. Wow. Please. I'm, I'm not going to say anything, but wow. Well, sir. Yeah. Well, we're here. <laughs> That's Christian's a like, shocker. Christian's shocked by something. Um, and uh, 
it's not by my uh, inappropriateness, which is pretty good. Uh, yeah, so Christmas special, December 24, <laughs> dropping live. We also have our 2022 Slammy Awards that's dropping on September, I'm sorry, December 27th. We'll be covering everything 2022. So much happened this year. The Forbidden Door was opened. People came through. A lot to cover. We'll be covering the best matches, moments, and everything from the year 2022. So a lot to look forward to. And we'll talk more about that as we progress through the show. So moving back, we are on our top 20 pay-per-view countdowns of all time. Number 19, SummerSlam 2000. And the match we are talking about now is Jerry the King Lawler taking on Taz. And uh, this match came about because Taz attacked Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross. Made fun of Jim Ross for being blind. Um, the whole storyline. And uh, he like uses a cane. And Taz has a cowboy hat. Just totally... Mimicking Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler wants to stick up for his good friend. So the match starts and Lawler drop kicks Taz and punches him. He misses a flying fist drop. Taz misses a swanton and Lawler punches Taz and nails a pile driver. Taz gets up and tosses Lawler into the referee. Taz applies a Taz mission on Lawler and he tells Jim Ross, come on, redneck. And Jim Ross gets up, smashes a glass candy jar over Taz's head, and Jerry Lawler pins Taz. And I remember it wasn't Jim Ross like, how do you like that? You like he says something like that. I love when Jim Ross makes his comments. For me, like the funniest Jim Ross moment has to be when Paul Heyman just gets fired by Vince and he goes to attack Ross. And Ross is like, mm, 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 come on, like ready to go at him. It was very intense. But what do you think about Taz and Jerry Lawler here, sir? So, excuse me, um, I'm looking for my headset charger, but I'm still going to, so if you can't see me right here, but I'm still going to give my thoughts on the match. So, okay. I thought the match was okay, you know, to, I feel like um, it was kind of more of an angle to get, you know, the match you know, for Jim Ross to get some revenge on Taz. Um, I thought it would have made more sense for Taz to win the match just because he was more of a regular wrestler, more of an actual wrestler uh, than Jerry Lawler. Um, but I understand why Jerry Lawler wins the match because, you know, it just makes sense for sto the storyline purpose. Um, you know, Taz ended up being the main SmackDown commentator until I believe around 2007, 2006. Um, so, you know... Keeping that match under five minutes was, you know, very, very good because this match wasn't anything. I feel like this was one of those matches where, you know, piss break or like I'm going to go do something real quick before this match or before like the next match starts. Um, So I'm, it was good that they kept it short. And one more thing uh, before I stop talking about this match, because it was nothing really special. Um, The crowd freaking loves Jr. man. He, he got such a huge pop. I love Jr. as well. Um, so it was good to see Jr. get that pop. Um, yeah, but that's awesome. It it, it would have made more sense for Taz to win the match, but good thing that they kept it that short because it wasn't anything special. But eh, decent decent match for you know Jerry Lawler because he he's not very. We didn't see much you know him in ring action at this time, so it was it was a good match for Jerry. 
I think I was like ignorant young because I didn't realize like my first time seeing Taz was in WWE, right? And then I saw his ECW stuff. So I didn't like know how big of a name he was when he did show up. But now as an adult, I'm like, yo, they did such a disservice to him because he came being ECW champion earlier that year to losing to Jerry Lawler, who is a great wrestler, but is more known at this time for his commentating abilities. Right. So, I, you know, as an adult, I can look at this and be like, damn, WWE, you dropped the ball. But as a kid, I loved it, you know, but let's move on to our next match. Uh, the WWE Hardcore titles on the line. The Hardcore Champion, Shane McMahon, Shane O'Mac. Which way did he go? Taking on the Lethal Weapon, Steve Blackman. Fun fact, uh, before the pay-per-view event, Shane McMahon gave a safety speech to the wrestlers behind the scenes. Just telling them, you know, you guys have a TLC match coming up. We want you to be safe. Don't, you know... Do what you got to do. It's the first ever TLC match, so make a statement. But, you know, be safe out there. Another and, fun fact. Go ahead. I'm from the same hometown as Stevie Blackman. <laughs> I don't know you call him Stevie Blackman. That's going to be... I don't know why I... Why the Stevie. fuck do I keep saying Stevie, Stevie Blackman? Blackman? Steve Blackman. I'm going to keep saying Stevie Blackman. Because that's, cool. that's how... Blackman. That's going to be his name. No, because my buddy, that's, like I said, his dad, His uh, he's not a wrestling fan, so he was like, you know who Stevie Blackman is? So that ever since that, I kept saying Stevie Blackman. Stevie I was like, Blackman. Steve Blackman, but yes. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, that is cool. You told me the story that he's from your, is it your, your hometown, right? So 10 minutes, he lives 10, he's from Anvil. I live in Lebanon. And okay, then so. Anvil's right next to Hershey. So I live 10 minutes away from his hometown. And I guess his dad bought some things at the Lebanon Valley Mall. In Balls Calls, shout out Stevie Blackman. So I guess his dad cashed out there. My buddy sold him some shit. So respect to you, Stevie, for going. This to was like Boscov, a week. Ago. This was man. like a week ago too. <laughs> do it up, do it up. Yeah. So fate and serendipitous how that happens. But yeah. So I mean, these people are shopping and doing things. Um, but it's funny just to piggyback earlier that Shane is giving a safety speech when we see. What he does during this match later on. Uh, so just some quick moments here. Steve jumps and attacks Shane McMahon in the seats and nails a jumping martial arts kick. He whips Shane McMahon with a trash can lid, hit being Stevie Blackman. Uh, Stevie chokes Shane with a strap. However, TNA run out and attack Steve Blackman um, until he's able to ward them off with a kendo stick. Shane then goes on to run away and climbs a staging area. Uh, Steve goes after him and nails Shane with kendo stick shots. Shane then falls off the 16 foot high. Like, I guess it's back there in your video. You could see, I guess. You no, it, it's the, it's the famous, staging. It, that's the famous, famous drop. We'll never forget. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he falls through a table and Steve jumps off with a leg drop. And Steve Blackman is the new WWE Hardcore Champion. This match was just a great way to shut up Steve, to shut up Shane McMahon. For months, Shane was the champion, just being a dick, running around with the title. Not months, weeks, running around with the title. Steve was just here to show him that you're not hardcore, and if you want to be, 
then come join, but you're going to have to do something. And Shane did prove that he is hardcore enough to withstand um, a 16-feet high or a foot-high drop. But what do you think about this, sir? Um, Well, you know, the match is famous for that Shane McMahon fall. Um, So we know that. Um, It's one of those bumps, you know, you kind of cringe. I don't want to say cringe. You kind of like, you know, uh, watch it. But it's like, you really got to be careful planning something that out. Um, so good, th- good thing. Like nothing really, really crazy happened, but, uh, you know, I feel like with Steve Blackman, um, I really, I like him. Um, the only problem is his personality was back then was very like nothing. He didn't really have much of a personality and that back then in that era, you know, the rock Kurt angle, triple H, all these guys have crazy personalities and they're so over, so I feel like maybe this was a way to maybe get him over in the hardcore division, uh, especially. But you know, the bump was incredible, and I I know I keep talking about that, but it it, it takes a lot of courage to do that. It it really does. Yeah, um, he just like lets go. He <laughs> literally just lets go and just falls back. I am scared of heights, so I would have I, I could have never done that. But nope. the mat the match was before all besides all that, it was just a normal match. Um it, it was a good uh, hard, hard, hardcore title match. Yeah. Um other nothing else I could say besides the famous Shane O'Mac uh drop and that drop. other that than drop that it was just man. it was just a normal match and it was good. Yeah. Uh I, I like I said I wish I would have saw Blackman have a little more personality. Even Shane had that personality. Mm-hmm. So, I feel you, man. Stevie Blackman was known for his sort of like quiet, like even when he right. was up with Al Snow. The whole in that era, break. you really couldn't do that because you had guys like The Rock, you had guys yep. like Triple H who were so over with the crowd just yeah. because their personalities were hysterical. And they were doing like over the top stuff. But yeah, right. you know, Shane McMahon definitely stole that moment from poor Stevie comes an afterthought, but it's okay. Let's move on. The special two out of three falls match is next. Y2J Chris Jericho taking on the rabid Wolverine Chris Benoit. I remember the promos leading up to this match. Where like the Titantron pictures of Chris Jericho on like a judge. I'm sorry, Chris Benoit's head on like a jackass. Or him with the like wedding dress on. Um, just fun stuff from Chris Jericho. Just wants to prove that he's the best technical wrestler. Same thing with Chris Benoit. This is the first year that these two guys are in WWE. So they want to show off their stuff. So just some quick notes on this match. Jericho catapults Benoit into the ring post and nails a German suplex and gets a two count. Um, Benoit with a shoulder breaker. Benoit applies a cross face and Chris Jericho taps out. So Chris Benoit wins the first fall. The second fall starts and Benoit sends Jericho's shoulder first into the post again. Um, he's a, Chris Jericho is able to apply the walls though and Chris Benoit taps out. And then the third fall happens. Benoit nails a full nestling suplex and gets a two. Jericho nails a flying hurricane runner and a lion saw. Uh, Benoit rolls up Jericho and holds on to the ropes and the rabid Wolverine defeats Chris Jericho in a very good two out of three falls match. Not their best match between the two. It was a decent match just for the first time seeing the two of them go at it 
in WWE. So what are your thoughts, dude? Well, first off, very, very, very good match between two of the greatest of all time, Chris Benoit. I, I, I don't want excuse me. I don't want to, I know I might get, you know, some uh, reactions for saying this, but Chris Benoit is my favorite wrestler. It's like top three of my favorite wrestlers of all time. He's probably, he's my favorite wrestler of all time. Ruthless aggression. He was, he's, Top three of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I just won't, and I will say it. Someone asks you, "What are you, who are your top five favorite wrestlers of all time?" I will say Chris Benoit. I don't care what anyone says. Um, but besides that, you know, Benoit using the cheap moves to win fit his heel character. Um, so that 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 was good. Um, you know, it it wasn't their best match. They had a match at the Royal Rumble, uh, that year. No, the later year in 2001, which was way better than this one. Um, but this was still a good ass match, man. Uh, you know, it gave uh Benoit the momentum for the Unforgiven pay per view in 2000. So that was good. You know, they used a lot of their uh, they used some moves. I feel like Benoit's learned in Japan, them Japanese little suplexes and shit. Uh, so that's good. I'm just naming these little things because to me those little things is what made this match very very good because it's a long match man three out of uh you know three out of what is it two out of three falls that that that's a lot three falls yeah like that's a lot of free like that that's a long match so the i'm just happy benoit got the win um it was the best singles night singles match of the night for sure yeah i agree i think these two guys came out put on a hell of a match Again, you made a good point. It wasn't their best match, but it definitely was the best singles match of the night. I agree, hands down. Um, even like just even when they're just doing their technical moves, I'm not really exactly right, fan, but I do like have a respect for what they do. And yeah, Chris Benoit is one of my favorites too. Plus so the storyline behind it, because like you said, like you said, they're this was their both match against each other in WWE from coming from WCW. So what th- this was, it was amazing match, amazing storyline. Chris Benoit. Be like a, like almost like a MJF versus Darby Allen, I guess type of thing on WWE, you know, like not, not stuck, not them. I'm just using them as AEW wrestlers. Right. Completely different styles and everything. But uh, for listeners who might not understand the significance of WCW wrestlers fighting for WWE, same thing, like your first time seeing two AEW guys competing on like a Survivor Series, big deal. Um, all right, so every time we do these recaps, I like to leave a match that I don't recap so that you guys can go back and watch on your own. And the match I chose, and Christian, I'm gonna let you choose the next one for our next pay per view. Uh, the match that I want you guys to watch that I'm not gonna give much away about. I is- think I know you're gonna say which one. Is it the cover, ladder match? Cover it though if you want. If you if you want to cover it and talk about it, you totally can. I is it the to... is it the ladder match? Yeah. I no, I agree. There was just I I don't there's a couple things I want to get into. Go ahead, it, no, it, you it, can okay. Talk about it. Talk about this it. This has nothing to do with the match because I do agree with Anthony. Watch this match. Listen, three of the best tag teams of all time. Hardy Boys, Edge and Christian. You know what I mean? Um the Dudley, the, who do I miss? The Dudley Boys. Wow, how did I miss the Dudley Boys? Um, you know they all put their bodies on the line for this match, so you gotta, you just gotta respect it. That's all I'm gonna say. The the bumps are insane. Uh, this match really, 
if you are one of those people that you have a thing against professional wrestling where it's like, oh, that shit's fake. Oh, that shit's fake. Oh, that shit's fake. Like, they don't get really hurt. They don't, like, watch this match and look, look at those bumps. You can't fake jumping off those ladders. You can't fake that. And this was a very exciting match because, again, big stars. So that's all I'm going to say about the match. Definitely watch it. Um, you want me to pick a match to have the people watch? Uh, for our next pay-per-view countdown. So when we cover our, our next... next one. Oh, okay. Okay. I can tell you guys. I guess I could tell you guys now. Well, what is I... the next pay-per-view? Should I wait? I'll wait. I'll wait. I like the on the surprise, Christian. I like to keep it away. Okay, well, I'm going to keep a note to next. I'm going to tell you the next pay-per-view not to watch. That match uh, not to watch. Because maybe I might know the ma I might know the matches off, off the top of my head. Yes. Yes, you might. So, um, all right. So, fun fact, though, <laughs> I will say, without giving away anything about this match, um, the team that was supposed to win this match didn't win. Um, they ended up going with a different team because they wanted to draw a specific reaction out of the crowd. So that's all I'm going to say. Um, definitely check it. Like you said, Christian, great way to sort of showcase this match. Like if you're not a wrestling fan and you think it's all fake, check this out because Absolutely. the bumps and the, it's not fun. Speaking of fun, though, our next match, a stink face thong match. Wow, we're saying this in 2022. I can't believe this. Uh, right? Yeah. The Cat with Al Snow taking on Terry Runnels with Perry Saturn. And this match is like the caliber of like an Ilya Dragunov taking on J.D. McDonough. You know, you got some technical ability. Got a lot of uh, high-risk maneuvers, drop kicks. Back and forth, bloody battles, you know, come to expect in a stink face long match. But now, nah, in reality, you didn't get any of that. Pretty much got like a minute and a half of two women, half naked, just rolling around. <laughs> um, here's my thing. I don't know what the thing. fuck this is. I don't know what the fuck this was. That's why I'm kind of like shaking my head. Like, so the whole, what is the whole, this match? The whole point of this match <laughs> was that this is what you're gonna follow up on after we just had that ladder match. <laughs> We had that, and we had probably argue three of the greatest tag teams of all time. Just had arguably the greatest ladder match of all time, and you're gonna have this match right after that. You couldn't have the Undertaker match. You they should have just took this match off and go straight. Hey, we're if I'm Vince, hey, we're pulling the plug on this match. Like, go straight to the Undertaker and Kane. Fuck that. This match was bullshit. But it, yes, they at least they it was two hot girls doing it though. Where's I will say that. Friend? I'm gonna be honest with everybody. I'm gonna get a lot of shit. Terry Runnels doesn't do it for me because I don't like it when this is just me. I'm not hating on anybody, but I don't like it if I could see your bones. And okay. when she's like taken, like I can see her, like I don't want to see, like I don't like it when you're that skinny, you know? Like I don't know. I'm weird. So like when she's like taking off her shirt, you can kind of see her whole like skeleton bottom. I'm like, listen, you're too skinny for me. Um, she didn't do it for me either. Um, that either. was all right. And Cat was married to Jerry Lawler. Fun fact for those who didn't know. Cat um, Stacy Carter, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. She was. She was married to Jerry Lawler. Yep. Mm -hmm. So for several years. 
and she ended up after she left. So after 2000, she did a sort of rivalry in February of one with Right to Censor where she lost, she had to join, and then she got released from the company. And then Lawler got pissed and he left. That's why he was yep. gone for a bit. Uh, uh, yeah, Lawler quit because of her. And then he was back in November of 2001. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's when, uh, see, dude, it all comes back to fruition. Stupid, stupid. How do you say what's that word? Stupid. How do you say? Soup. Serendipitously. We were talking about Jim Ross beating the shit out of Paul Heyman earlier. And now we're talking about it again because. Jerry Lawler comes out after Heyman gets fired that night. I love Paul Heyman. It all comes back. Um, so yeah, this match is just the Terry pretty much gave the cat a stink face. Um, I think Rikishi might have gave Terry a stink. It's just been stink face after stink face. Uh, the match ends after the cat hits Terry with head and gives her a stink face. And I think also. During this time, the thong song by Cisco was out. So I remember that was one of the, that thong, 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 let me see that thong. You know that song? Ooh, I gotta hear Dude, it. Dude, you have to look it up. That thong, thong, thong. Here, I do have to look it up, maybe. Yeah, I'll, I'll find hear it. it. I'm gonna find it. Just for you guys. Hang on. Because it's, that's like why the match is perfectly made. Specifically for I think that song because it was pretty popular when it came out. All right. This thing right here. I won't play the whole thing, but just a snippet of it. That a lot of niggas know what guys talk about. I know. Let me see that song. I've never heard this song. Yep. That thong, 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 thong. Anyways, so yeah, so it was it was popular in summer two thousand. Yeah, I've never so. heard that song. Ask like drop, 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 tap like what, 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 all night long. Sorry. Um, yeah, but fun facts while we're going on. Uh, yeah, we talked about this as much as we can. I mean, I think we talked about this more than we even should. Uh, so let's move right on. Our next match The Undertaker taking on Kane. And fun facts here <laughs> this match was supposed to be The Undertaker versus The Big Show. Um, but he was written off TV after I think Undertaker like what power bombed him off the stage or something. Uh, Big Show was taken off the TV because of his weight issues, and he also had some cardio issues as well. So they ended up making the Undertaker take on his brother again. And during this match, uh, Undertaker is ripping at the mask of Kane. Kane hits Undertaker with a steel chair. Undertaker punches Kane and nails him with the chair. Um, Taker tosses steps in Kane's face, and he rips off the mask. Kane leaves. Kane is bleeding. This really wasn't even a match. It was just the two of them going at it. He actually did rip off the mask, and I remember being little, being like, oh, shit, can I see? Like, what, what can I see? But Kane did a good job covering his face with his long hair. Um, You know, just a basic brawl between the Undertaker and Kane. Not much here. What do you think? Um, I agree. You know, there wasn't much of a story going into this because, like you said, it was supposed to be multiple. It was supposed to be another match, so there wasn't. They just had to like 
do something. It was, they needed something to do. Um, I don't remember too much, you know, about, I don't really think I watched too much of this match, but it took like three or like three or four years for Kane to finally like take off his mask. So it was kind of a big deal, you know, that Undertaker was trying to take off his mask, but, uh, there was nothing really to talk about, about this match. You know, uh, this is probably the worst match they've had against each other's. So, The American um, badass, man. Just, just not a good match for the co-main event. Yeah, I agree. I just wish that like like Peacock wouldn't get rid of the Undertaker's theme song at the time, because him coming out on the motorcycle with Roland playing, like it just got you pumped up. So I, I know. Wait, what? Excuse me. Why don't does WWE have like a problem with Limbiscuit or something? I think they just don't want it because every time it plays, they have to pay him, right? Isn't there something like that? Because they don't own the rights Damn. to the song. Yeah, so they don't want... That's why, like, if you watch stuff alive, it's edited out because they don't want to pay for the rights to the song. What? That's why the entrance... Undertaker doesn't do his entrance. Yeah, so, like, if you oh, ever watch it on Peacock... God. I did now, watch it on Peacock. Yeah, you'll hear oh. the, the other song, Dead Man Walking, and that wasn't it. It was Keep Rolling, Rolling, Rolling. Oh! Keep moving, I move out, hands up, hands wow. up, back up. Wow, but, holy yeah. editing. Mm -hmm. Dude, so much shit gets taken out. Um, But we made it to our main event. Before we get there, let me just go over some quick facts 15 wrestlers made their SummerSlam debuts including we talked about this earlier chris jericho chris benoit eddie guerrero the dudley boys taz and kurt angle made his debut at SummerSlam. um and before we talk about the match we know this kurt angle was concussed before the rock even made his entrance into this match so a lot of fans credit kurt angle's ability to uh, just come out and compete after being concussed. So the match starts, <coughs> and uh, before the match can actually start, Kringle comes out, and he pretty much says that he gave Triple H's wife the kind of passion that Triple H could never give her. Uh, and that doesn't make Triple H happy. So he fights with Kurt Angle. He tosses, he being Triple H, tosses Kurt Angle into the ring steps. Triple H goes for a pedigree. Um, to Kurt Angle, but the table breaks underneath them, and that's when the concussion moment happens. Uh, he tr like Kurt Angle can't move; he can't do anything. Triple H grabs a sledgehammer, and the Rock runs out. Rock sends Triple H into the steps, and uh, Triple H bounces the Rock's face first off the table. Kurt Angle is stretched, about to be stretchered out, but Triple H attacks Kurt Angle on the stretcher. Um, but The Rock is able to come over and attack Triple H and send him into the stage pipes. Stephanie McMahon Helmsley runs out and checks on Kurt Angle on the stretcher. Um, Triple H tells Stephanie to grab the WWE title. She goes to hit The Rock, but Stephanie accidentally nails Triple H. Rock grabs Stephanie, but Triple H nails a low blow. And Triple H tells Stephanie to leave. Um, Triple H hits the rock with a sledgehammer and nails a face buster, but gets a two. And then we see Stephanie backstage asking Kringle to come help out Triple H. And Kringle's like, I will I'll help him for you. So Stephanie walks down Kurt Angle and um, Triple H nails the rock with pedigree. 
However, Kringle pulls Triple H out of the ring and tosses him into the steps. Um, Rock hits Kurt Angle with a DDT and nails a rock bottom, but Triple H stops the count. Triple H accidentally punches Stephanie McMahon Helmsley. Kurt Angle nails Triple H with a sledgehammer. The Rock is able to send Angle out of the ring and nail a people's elbow on Triple H to get the three count victory. After all of that talking, Christian, The Rock is still. WWE champion. I mean, Stephanie tried everything she can to get her man still be champion. What do you think? You know, as much, you know, this is the best match of the night. Five out of five stars. Um, The first match, the first half of the match was Triple H just dominating. And then The Rock did a good job of selling, like always. Um, You know, I think they could have done this match without The Rock. I mean, the storyline was really about Angle and Triple H. Um, maybe they could have just done Triple H versus Kurt Angle. I don't think The Rock necessarily had to be involved, but he is champion, so I do understand why. You know, he was involved. Excuse me. Um, you know, Stephanie. I I thought she was gonna help Kurt. You know, help Kurt. You know, win the championship tonight, but she doesn't do that until uh, Unforgiven 2000. So we had to wait one more pay per view for that, but well, she actually uh, did she help him at Unforgiven? You're right. She helps him at No Mercy, but that's in October. The next pay per view is the match that you're talking about. They ended up did having a singles match, but they waited until Unforgiven to do it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, that's right. Sorry, but these uh, you're good. They're uh, all they all sort of like fall. I know. So. But these three guys have amazing chemistry with each other. You know, they're three of the greatest to ever, ever do it. Um, so it's just an amazing main event, you know, with a decent pay-per-view. Um, I thought the pay-per-view could have been better. But, you know, the main event really stood out. Um, Kurt Angle, like you mentioned, had a concussion. Like, he suffered a concussion at SummerSlam. So, you know, it was it, – I guess it was worth it because it was really, you know – a really, really good match. I think it was one of the best matches of that year. I don't no, want to drag it. was. But definitely I think was. it was a really good match of that year. But overall, uh, besides the match uh, part of it, the storyline was, again, great. You know, you have daughter's wife and married to Triple H and another man's, you know, doing all that. Uh, fun fact, when Triple H gave Kurt Angle the concussion, uh, he told the ref, and he was like, is Kurt okay? Kurt okay? Like, I saw it in an interview, and Kurt, or Triple H, is like, I, I don't know what to do in, unless I know Kurt Angle comes back, whatever, whatever. Or like, like, he's okay. I don't know. But, you know, Kurt, Kurt's been through worse injuries than that, so he was probably just, just chilling at that time. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. Yeah, but overall, good main event, good match. I liked it. Um. I didn't think The Rock shouldn't have been involved with it too much. Maybe they could have just done the match themselves. But, you know, when you see that match, you're going to watch it. So, And you expect it to be good. And that's what it was. So It was. Yeah, so, I mean, this this was number 19. I think it was a good SummerSlam overall. Um, you know, I, I, I'm glad this pay-per-view was in the top five best pay-per-views because it wasn't. For historical moments, I get why it's in our top 20 countdown. Um, 
you said that you think that the main event was the match of the night, right? Which I kind of agree, except for the TLC match that was insane. Right. <laughs> um, but I want to tell you, Christian, I want to let everyone else know what our number 18 pay-per-view is. And this pay-per-view is going a couple of years in the future hmm, from 2000. Drum roll, drum roll please. Hmm. I mean, are you good at drum rolls? I'm not too good, Christian. If you want to get, give us one. Let's see. Let's see if I can Let's do see. it. Because I'm, I'm very. Because I'm, see, I'm picking the next one. I've been waiting. So let's see. Let's see. Ready? What is it? What is it? Oh, are you giving us a drum roll? I can't. Hear. <laughs> you can't hear it. No. Okay, I'm gonna go with it, sir. Um, it's WWE WrestleMania 24. Uh, March oh, 2008. Yes, um, yes, that is the Orlando, Florida. I love that one. Oh, Orlando, God. Florida. Um, I just watched it. Um, so I, I've seen a couple of the matches before. Obviously, Holy Shawn shit. Michaels versus Rick Flair. Dude, that Undertaker and Edge match was awesome. Undertaker versus Edge. Yes, sir. Triple H, John Cena, and Randy Orton. The big show in Floyd Mayweather. Let's see. Um, the match I'm gonna say not to watch is the ladder match, the Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank. That okay. was a hell of a match. I saw the that. Money one, in the Bank yeah. match was I'm not gonna spoil who wins it, but it, it that was a that was one of the best Money in the Bank matches they've done, you know, where the Money in the Bank match was actually at WrestleMania. But yes, that is a good I love I love that WrestleMania so much. That's definitely WrestleMania twenty four. That's my yes. top five pay per views of, of all WrestleMania's of all time. It was a good one. The only match which and we'll cover it, Big Show versus Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. Was hard I didn't to think get the through. Finley I didn't think the the opening match with Finley and JBL. I, I liked it. Really I didn't think that was any good either. The Batista and Umaga match could have been better. The Kane and Guerrero match was stupid. It was just, it was literally Yo, you're excited, was man. I'm excited. I, I love it. I love there this. There we pay-per-view. go. But... Um so listen, this was a decent pay-per-view. I recommend watching SummerSlam 2000 just for some of the matches. Benoit and Jericho, uh TLC, the triple threat match. Three three matches. That that's a pretty decent show. Um and yeah, our next pay-per-view will be WrestleMania 24. We have Raw recaps coming your way, SmackDown. We have Ring of Honor Final Battle coming your way with our recap for that. And Dynamite. AW Dynamite, my dude's going to be killing it. Can't wait for that. And yeah, so we're at less than a minute. I'm going to say goodbye now. Thank you for joining us. Stay safe, and we will see you next time. Bye.